Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And happy Monday. Hope your weekend treated you well. Hope you got a chance to watch some really good television or at least some really interesting television or at least some really watchable television, which is kind of the television kind of television we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. The emphasis on, on watchable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't. We we here at IndieWire don't pay a ton of attention to Shondaland, uh, even though it, Shondaland is definitely, of course, a major story within the television universe at this stage. Um, ben, you you and I, I think, came to came, have very different relationships with shows produced by Shonda Rhimes, most especially the fact that you have actually watched a lot more Grey's Anatomy than I have. Well, I mean, I, I <laughs> that that. I guess goes without saying if you you haven't watched much at all, have you? I mean, I have seen the pilot. I saw the pilot of of Grey's Anatomy, and it was fun, but I kind of lost my patience with the twist that she had slept. Her one night stand was her new boss. That is a twist I had seen many times before, and that was ten years ago. So I've seen it many times since, and I was just like, nope, I'm good. Liz, so dismissive. I mean, come on, it's McDreamy. What a what a couple they were for a while. I mean. Literally, they're not a couple anymore. But um, yeah, I've watched, I guess I described this to you earlier <laughs> when we were chatting pre-podcast, pre-casting. Um, I was an early adopter of Shondaland before it was a, it was really a Shondaland kind of thing in that I watched Grey's Anatomy from the beginning. I think I stuck around through, I want to say like the third season or the fourth season, into the fourth season maybe. And I watched like a little bit of the spinoff private practice thing, even though I was never really a huge fan of Kay Walsh's character. Um, and then I kind of just broke off from Shondaland for a while until um, I, I caught random bits of Scandal. Uh, I've never really sat down and given Scandal the, the proper due that it deserves. Um, and then I watched the pilot of How to Get Away with Murder and I wanted to die. <laughs> you wanted to be murdered. I wanted to be the one who was murdered, yes. And then and then that somebody could learn how to get away with it. So, well, just so I could get away from it. Oh. How to get away from murder? This is that, this isn't working. How to um, get it away from how to get away with murder. Now, let me ask you in how terms of <laughs> In terms of that though. So, you watched four seasons worth of Grey's Anatomy, which is a lot, and you also watched the spin-off, which is actually something I didn't know, which is huge. Um, cause I, 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 that, that, that speaks a lot. And it, was it because you really engaged with the show or you like medical dramas? Uh, I'd say I engaged with the show. I don't really have a strong history of medical dramas. I never really got into ER. Um, I guess I watched a lot of house for a while, but just kind of in the background, as things were happening, it wasn't a huge, huge show by any means for me. Um, so yeah, no, I, I definitely engaged more with the characters. I, as you know, I'm a sucker for romance, and the, the the core love story of that show really worked well for me. And Patrick Dempsey was was uh, was a huge hook. Mm. So so yeah, I'd say it was definitely the show. Okay, so I mean, because I think that's the interesting thing about because. And conversely, like as I as I mentioned, I got turned off by that one twist from the pilot. Uh, however, 
in subsequent years, uh, I did fall really hard for Scandal. Like, Scandal, I remember hearing about Scandal and just being immediately sold on the premise because I love, I love, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, uh, I, I'm no enemy of uh, romantically themed shows. I may spend a lot of time shouting at my computer about why aren't these people having sex, which is not a problem you have on Shondaland shows for the most part. Those people commit to having sex. Um, and, sometimes it, and sometimes it's even weird and strange sex, so you know I'm on board. Um, it's like but, the whole uh, of television for Liz. Yes, I just want... <laughs> It's only in television. I don't actually care about sex in the real world. Just, but on my television, it needs to be weird and strange. Uh, so, anyways, uh, but I love political dramas. I love sexy. I, I love sexy uh, dramas, and uh, Scandal had all of that, and I really fell hard. And I actually rewatched uh, a good chunk of the, the first season this weekend uh, while working on other things. And man, that's a good first season of television. Like it's so naughty. The twists are so great. Uh, it's such a it's such a smart cast, and I, it's just everything about that first season. I think really cooks, and that's probably because it's seven episodes long, as opposed to future seasons, which would be twenty two episodes long. Um, but still, that's a really good first season. That's a really it, it, it is. And then the second season, I think, actually takes that momentum and really builds on it. There's some really great plot lines uh, in terms of conspiracies and threats and danger and sexiness. Again, it's all great. You know, this may be a separate discussion, but there's probably a case to be made where just about any kind of show that's twist-dependent or at least features a lot of twists um, should be shortened. It should be like 10 episodes or less because yeah, okay. I feel like those are the strongest examples of those kind of shows or, or you know, they're, they've condensed it all into such like a perfect package that's when they try to draw it out that it starts to struggle. Yeah, I'm trying to think now about like is, is what, what's like a really – a show that really did – that did have 22 episodes a season, but still really committed to twisting everything. And I'm not coming up with any immediate examples of you, gentle I can't listener. Think of anything, I can't think of anything like Scandal. I'd say that the mm -hmm. OC definitely succeeded in its first of being a little bit twisty and very soap opery uh, for the nighttime soap genre. Like that worked very, very well. And actually that was like, I want to say that was like 26 or 28 episodes. That was a long one. Um, but no, like uh, of, of recent examples going the other way, I know that I might be in the minority here, but Bloodline bothered me a bit in that it was too long. Like it, it, it felt like it should have been maybe eight, ten episodes at most, and I think it was twelve. I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, and, and yeah, that was. I was gonna say like that's only 13, 12, 12 episodes, and if you were you were you were you know annoyed by that. Yeah, I think I think I think the cutoff is like ten or less. Like I feel like a lot of those shows would really be able to thrive in that because one of the things that really bugs me about shows like this are are when they when you know the twists are coming and when you're just waiting for it and you don't feel good about waiting for it anymore. You're not sitting there on the edge of your seat. You're like, oh my god, how long are you going to drag this out before you just tell me what happens next? Um, or you know they try to build in too many in between. But anyway, that's a separate topic. I'm going off on a tangent. Something. No, but but it's interesting, though, especially because we're talking – I mean, that's the thing with Shondaland is that Shondaland is very much born of broadcast television, which is dependent on the 22-episode model. So, you know, the fact that she's – I would say that season two of Scandal is really strong as well, and that one is longer. Uh, but – yeah, it's 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 you know it's a fair it's a fair point to make in this context because that is a a, a principle a fundamental fundamental building block of these sorts of series. 
Yeah, and it's going to be something that's going to be tested with the new one for sure. Um, yeah. We've only seen, you know, the first episode of The Catch so far. Uh, I made no, <laughs> I made no bones about my my reservations in suggesting this show in the review. Um, and one of those is, is that I have no idea where it's going to go. Like, I don't know how they're going to um, necessarily prolong this, especially into a you know twenty two episode season um, down the line. But uh, but you know, as it started off for that first episode, the twists worked. Yeah. No, let's talk about the first episode of the catch. And uh, the catch is uh, to be is 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 the new is basically kind of taking over the how to get away with murder slot on Thursday nights. And I I mean, I think Ben and I both really like the catch. One of us feels guiltier about it than the other. I'll let you guess who. Um, I'm me. sorry to out you. Yes, it was yes. Yeah, then and but I I think we talked about this last we talked a little bit about this previous in a previous episode of this podcast, but the thing about the catch that I really like is that it definitely falls into the genre that I'm a sucker for, which is the sexy caper. Um and you got capers and you got cons and you know, all this fun stuff, and you got Krause committing cons and capers, which is easily easily my favorite thing. Yeah, Peter was the one I was honestly the most concerned about going in just because my history with him is so exclusively based on characters that are kind of like average Joes and very erratic and like questioning of themselves. They're very unsure of themselves. So for him to be a con man, it's like the opposite of that. And it just it just doesn't feel right. And I still when I look at him, I don't quite I don't quite see it. But I did buy into the romantic angle um, of of the pilot, so that's what kind of made it. He, he's a con man. He's not sure about the con. It's true. Yes. So there is a little bit of uncertainty there. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I think I for some reason I I feel and maybe it's because I watched uh my 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 Krause touchstone is uh, Sports Night, which is a bit. He does have some confidence to him, I guess. I don't know. I mean, actually. I don't know. That is an interesting trope because he doesn't, he's not the most confident on that show. He's divorced and dealing with some stuff there. I don't know. I never, I never get that. I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe I just think you're completely wrong about Krause. Like, well, I mean, it's, it's not that he ever lacks confidence. He's always kind of the, like the family patriarch, so to speak of, of whatever show, you know, he's on, but he just, he's not, He's not smooth. Like he's always a little. Uh, like part of his charm is that he's a little bit bumbly. Like he just kind of sputters, and he he doesn't really know exactly what to say or when he's saying it. He doesn't think it's going over the right way. And yeah, he you know he can appear on TV and and read from a prompter and and get all that stuff done right. But that's very different than being you know a George Clooney esque con man. I mean that's that's just not the same kind of character I would have expected them to share. Fair enough, but you you were kind of won over by the end. Yeah, I think uh, I think him. I think what they ask of him from here on out as a con man will still determine whether or not that casting was the right decision. But the chemistry between him and Enos is palpable. Like it's it's great. I really like them as a couple. Um, I really felt like even though some of the writing that was in there was just atrocious, that they were able to overcome it and make us believe that there was something real between these two people, which was absolutely essential 
in wanting to continue watching because that's kind of the the game that they talked about that they directly mentioned at the end of the episode that's going to be played as they kind of, you know, go after one another. Yeah, and I think the other thing that <clears throat> the other thing that we're going to be, you know, waiting to see is how structurally the show works going forward because, you know, it's is there going to be a new con from Krause every week? Is there going to be is it is it going to be more of a serialized narrative? Like Shondaland shows in general tend to build on you know kind of a case of the week structure and that then connects to the larger mystery going forward. But you know I don't know if that framework is really here with this pilot. Like you get you get like in theory like the investigators will get a new case every week and that's the thing that'll happen, but. It's it's still it's still it doesn't feel as built into the show's structure as you might expect. Yeah, and it, I think the challenge is is connecting them because they've they've separated them so quickly in that in that pilot episode, um, in that they're you know going after each other, or at least she's going after him, and he's kind of running away from her while maintaining a, a relationship, or at least the idea that they could have a relationship. Um, so like if if her company does continue to get cases every week how is he going to be connected to them there's only so many times that they can both show up at the same event and they won't you know she won't capture him or he won't you know capture her or whatever um and and frankly there's only so many times he can escape like batman when the lights go out and he just disappears from a building that's been locked down by one of the greatest security firms in the history of the country um so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it in week two and beyond. But I feel like there's possibilities there. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's tough for me as as a critic when you only get that one episode, it's like, well, actually, I mean, I did like this episode. I, I don't necessarily know where it's going to go down the line. But if you're just asking me to review what's in front of me, then, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, how? I mean, it's it's fun, sexy caper action. Uh you know, they're cons, and you get to talk about con men, and con men are always entertaining. Yeah, I just felt bad for her, though. Like, her character was so... Nothing good <sighs> happened to her. Well, I mean, yeah, that, but also, I didn't feel like she was very well-defined in the sense that she she told her friends that she, you know, she didn't like weddings, and she was talking to, to uh, Peter's character when they were in flashback about how she doesn't want to get married. But then whenever something like that came up, she was all like googly eyed and like such a like just a girly girl, and that those two things didn't really line up. But also, there's like the first time you see her going to the office, everybody's just bringing her cake for her wedding, and then like they're in the middle <laughs> that of that really stuck in your craw. Well, that, all that, and they're in the middle of like a meeting talking about what they're going to do for the future of the firm or something, and all of a sudden she just blurts out, "He asked me to run away with him." And it's like, well, what? This is a meeting. We're at work. You don't just like drop that. It was so awkward how they were trying to balance her being a you know quote unquote strong independent woman and her being like an identifiable girly girl who wants to get married because you had to rely on her wanting to get married to invest in that relationship and to feel her pain, but you want to believe you know that she's kind of above that as well for her to be able to move on and go after this guy. So it's a very delicate balance and i feel like they need the more they need more time to properly establish that and hopefully they can figure out how to do it 
Yeah, I mean, I, I realize now, by the way, we've talked for a little bit about a show that uh, you, gentle listener, may not have actually watched. Uh, and that, I mean, it, that is not, the catch did not have stellar ratings uh, when it premiered, uh, despite the fact that it's, it's part of this the Shondaland Empire. And, you know, you can chalk it to a lot of things. Apparently there's a basketball thingamabobber happening right now. Uh, not that and we pay any attention to that, of course. Not uh, anymore? Not anymore? Well, I was oh, out, so... Sorry, but okay. yeah, uh, but uh, but it wasn't it wasn't like the ideal week to premiere a show. But the fact is, like, it didn't really build on Scandal's audience and kind of took a it took a I think it took a dip uh, after How to Get Away compared to How to Get Away with Murder, which is not something you really want from a show that they've been promoting like crazy pants. Yeah, I feel like they've had a lot of backing behind it, and I definitely didn't expect it to to premiere as low as it did, though. I wouldn't have expected it to meet the heights of How to Get Away with Murder, especially because, I mean, Viola Davis was so hot when that show started that pretty much everybody wanted to see what Viola Davis was going to do. Plus, Scandal. Scandal is still a big thing, and it's much more uh, identifiable Like to kind of see that as the as the follow-up version to Scandal. Like, there's just so much more there. Um so yeah, I didn't I didn't expect it to do as well as as how to get away with murder, especially right off the bat. But I am a little surprised it didn't do better. Yeah, I mean, I want to say like I, I still I still like and watch Scandal. I think this season actually has been been actually cooking cooking really well with the election cycle. Uh, they've uh, they've they're they're kind of really leaning into uh, the you know having this having all these campaigns running. It's got 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 kind of a nice West Wing energy to it. But I also know that Scandal has lost a lot of people. Uh, certainly from its original original first first two seasons, uh, I know a lot of people who have dropped off and stopped watching. Uh, despite just like you know they they had enough like which is always a fact. Always a fascinating thing to me, like how do you have it? How do you get enough of a show? But then I remember that there are definitely shows where I'm like, yeah, I'm good on on watching any more of that. Well, it's, it also raises another interesting point, which is, I guess, something that I, I definitely don't have an answer to. But I feel like everybody has got a little bit of a different relationship with twist dependent shows. And I mean, obviously, there's the people who, you know, one twist goes too far, they're just like, okay, it jumped the shark. I can't buy into this anymore. I'm done with it. Um, but also it's kind of in today's world how you want to watch those shows. And I feel like there's a substantial group of people who want to have, who don't want to wait the weeks in between, of, like in between the cliffhangers to, you know, to, to, to keep up with the show as it's live on the air. And, you know, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, uh, most of the Shondaland shows, Grey's Anatomy, they're all available on Netflix eventually, so people might be waiting to binge them, or they might mm-hmm. be binging them on Hulu, or they might be binging them, you know, however they decide to do it with DVR or DVDs or whatever they have available. Um, but I feel like that's something that, as we keep going down the line, especially if something does happen where maybe they don't feel the need to keep up with it week to week because it's not the best show, it's not their favorite show anymore or something, uh, maybe they are just going to wait and binge it. I, I don't know. I feel like something about having those twists all at once or deciding when you can keep going and when you can stop on something that's that's actually trying to engage you that often um is kind of a thing no it makes sense i mean i i feel like the the big question for for me in terms of shadowland is you know is the whole 
is there is is Shondaland like a real thing? Do people like go, oh yeah, I really want to watch this new Shonda Shonda Rhimes produced show, and is is that sustainable? I mean, Grey's Anatomy has been on the air what now ten years? A longer. Um, it's like oh, twelve or something. Oh good lord, yes. Uh, bad TV person for not knowing that. Uh, but well. yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, so certainly, certain the point is certainly like these shows have been keep going but eventually Grey's Anatomy will end right maybe uh maybe. but eventually eventually that will go off the air eventually Scandal will go off the air eventually and so and then eventually How to Get Away with Murder will end and in the meantime will are are we going to continue to see new shows like The Catch uh are are, are new shows like The Catch going to be able to keep the empire going I mean, it's 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 definitely an an idea of sustainability. I don't think she's necessarily well. That company even is is necessarily at a point where they have to worry too much about anything ending too quickly, and they can definitely afford to have one miss. Like if the catch, you know, doesn't fix itself in the next few episodes, if it doesn't draw a bigger audience eventually, if it can't capitalize off of the you know the the scandal Eden, um, you know they they can afford to have that miss and come back with something else because you know she's proven to have sustainability and and she's one of the few brands on network television that really really works yeah. um, and the people it's basically are basically like her. She's it's like her and uh, Chuck Lorre at this point. Right, and I I would argue that that people are much more aware and engaged with with her brand of television with Shondaland than they are Chuck Lorre. He he definitely has, uh, you know, as as many hit shows if not more than than she does. But I I think that they see those as individual shows, whereas I think a lot of common people, like a lot of average viewers, you know, look for something that's specifically Shondaland. And uh, I think they'll keep doing that for a while unless she stacks up just a ton of, of bad shows. Yeah, I mean, the thing I like, I mean, the thing about Shonda is that she just seems so likable. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to read her book at all, but uh, she wrote a book recently about the year, about a year she spent saying yes to things. And it's basically like two years ago this year that she talks about. But man, she's cool. Like, she's just like... So baller, so confident, and yet also very vulnerable and very open about talking about things like she's not fra- she's afraid she's not doing everything as well as she could be, but then also, you know, admitting to other things like she, uh, you know, talks about like uh, talks about losing weight and train. You have to train yourself to like salads is her advice, which is really good advice, I think. Uh, but you know, she's she herself is cool, which I think gets passed down, and like there's. I, 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 there's something about like the Shondaland empire that I really like, especially in terms of like, uh, you know, she has like these standards for these shows that, you know, like principles, if you will, like, and, uh, I'll give you an example that came up during a panel I saw regarding the catch. I was one of the executive producers was talking about, uh, Ben, if you recall the scene where Peter Krause and his friend are playing golf. Oh yeah. Uh, originally that was written to take place at a racetrack. Uh, because the uh, because uh, Krause's friend, whose name I don't remember, uh, had a gambling problem, and Shonda apparently was like, "No, no, men in Shondaland don't gamble, don't have gambling problems," and so the producer was like, "So okay, so they they can't be at a racetrack, okay? Uh, do men in Shondaland golf?" He's like, "She's like, yeah, yeah, men in Shondaland golf, so 
now they go, so they went to, so that's why that scene takes place at a golf course instead of a racetrack because Shonda decided that men, men in Shondaland can, can golf, but cannot gamble or is not there, have gambling problems anyway. Is there a reason behind that? Is there like a, is that Shonda like says. a I think, I think, I think, I think honestly it kind of comes down to the way, I think she's very conscious of the way men and women are depicted on television, especially black men and women. And so, and of course the character, (laughs) the character in this case is black. And so I think she was like, I don't want to have portray a black man gambling and having a gambling problem. Uh, it's fair, but she didn't frame, but I don't believe she framed it in terms of race. I think she just kind of, I believe, I believe the quote was men in Shondaland don't men in, men in Shondaland don't gamble men in Shondaland golf. That's, that's probably a better way to go about it. Cause otherwise she did portray a, a white guy golfing, which is, uh, I mean, not such not, a stereotype, not a negative, but definitely a stereotype. So what can you do, man? White guys golf. That's true. I golf. I like golfing. So do you actually? I mean, I don't do it that often anymore, but, like, I was on the team in high school, so. You were on the golf team? I was on the golf team. Ugh. I know. It changes everything. <laughs> yeah. I was cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean how, 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 how often? I just imagine, I'm just imagining you now, like, with, like, Josh Charles's beret, array of popped collars from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh my God! No, it never, it never went that far. Thankfully, but hmm, yeah, I don't I'd know. I'm suspicious. I don't trust you now. You've been conning me this whole time with your with your knowledge of golf. Oh my God, long con, <laughs> long con. Oh man, con. That's Cons that might great. be that might be the best part of the catch is when they try to define what con men do and like try to teach you how to con by talking about. Just, I know, just no, I know the do's I know. and don'ts of the profession. I feel like I know a lot about conning now. I feel like I don't. I, I, felt, I felt like all of it was was fairly obvious stuff. I guess the one that stuck with me was the um, was when they were talking about how he lured her into the relationship by just giving and giving and giving and never asking her for anything. Um, I thought that was maybe a slightly new addition. Well, not new, but a, a slightly less obvious addition to the con man genre or the, the grifter genre. But, um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise it's just, it felt a little bit, felt a little bit forced on that, on that side of things, which again is something they'll have to try to work away from in the future. So yeah, here are the two questions I have for you, Ben, which is, oh boy. which are, I have two questions for you. One is, will you be watching the next episode of the catch right away? Um, if I if I have time, yeah, I would. Okay, cool. And follow up question is, whatever the next Shonda Land show might be, will you automatically tune in? Uh, I don't want to say automatically. I, I mean, yeah, in part because it's my job. Um, but two, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're they're. They're part of the conversation for sure. I feel like there's something that you need to at least sample so you can try to you know talk about it because I feel like people will be talking about it. Um, usually there is a, a somewhat fun element to them. So like even if you hate it, you're going to come away with something that you can keep discussing in the future or, or you know hold on to for for why you're not watching later down the line, like I have with How to Get Away with Murder. 
But um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, the hits are too good and too juicy to worry about any kind of miss that that will tarnish you. So yeah, I I I'll watch the next one. Yeah, and I I, I will I will I will say the same. Like I think. And certainly there will be more. Uh, it's pr- important to note that the new head of ABC is their former head of drama uh, named Channing Dungy. I'm never sure about that last name. I just know that she was she's the sister of Marin Dungy, who was Francie on Lock, on uh, on Alias, which is always great. Hey, hey, yeah, she made out with Bradley Cooper a whole bunch. <laughs> winner that was all on on Alias. No, I said she's a winner. She's she wins. Yeah. She got she's got that magic touch, uh, yeah. but anyway. So her sister is now the new uh, Francie from L- Alias's sister is now the head of ABC, and I think she's very instrumental in er- er- early Shondaland development. And so yeah, I think we're gonna see we're gonna see some cool stuff from them. I hope and because I do really like a lot of the Shondaland shows, except for Grey's Anatomy, because really that pilot was a, was pretty dumb. Oh my gosh, you gotta you gotta get over that. It wasn't look. It's not that bad. Um, her one night stand was is her new boss. I'm sorry. No, that's dumb. It's only like kind of her boss. It's not like a not like a real boss. Like just a little bit of her boss. That makes so that makes it better that her new one night stand was coincidentally. Well, yeah. Her new boss. Well, not coincidentally. No, that, that it wasn't like you know she's she's the executive director and he's the director it's like she's the she's the surgical intern or not intern she's a surgical something or other yeah medical term here and then he's the surgeon and it's like well there's other surgeons so you know it's okay it's just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Fun, flirty and dreamy uh mcdreamy you a mcdreamy apologist it's probably true. I mean, I the the film Maid of Honor with Patrick Dempsey oh. and Sean is one of my favorites. So, uh, okay, I'm changing the subject now before before violence happens. Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? It's good. It's a good. It's well, it's fine. <laughs> uh, the best thing I watched last week was one. It might have been the thing that I said I was looking forward to last week. Um, it's the Path on Hulu. Yay! Um, I find actually watched The Path. And uh, it doesn't start until Wednesday this week where they're releasing two episodes, Liz? Yes. Two episodes. Um, and then there will be weekly following that. Right. Yeah, and it's it's definitely worth watching. I will be very curious to kind of hear the conversation that surrounds this one as well. Um, I don't imagine it's going to be one that um, people are you know going crazy over it's definitely not anything like what Shondaland's offering um there's like a little bit of a leftovers vibe to it because of the kind of religious angle and the and the the fight over faith and 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 lack of faith um but really i mean the performances alone are extremely commendable. The look and feel of it, which I credit a lot to Jason Kadams because it just has that authenticity that you really need for something like this uh, to work. I mean, that that that's something that it's really valuable on television, and it's something that I'm excited to see go further down the line. I think I've seen four episodes now. Um, I'll definitely have watched all of them by by the time the episode review comes or the season review comes out uh, this week. But yeah, I I was not disappointed. 
Yeah, I'm really glad to hear you. I'm really glad you liked it because I also really enjoy really enjoy what I've watched. I've, I've seen more than you, but I'm still, I still haven't finished the whole first season, which is available for critics. Uh, and yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a really good one. And I think what's interesting about it is it's something I didn't really even know, notice about Jason Kadem's work is that it's one of the few, he's one of the few producers who behind shows that really actually do acknowledge religion uh, as like a part of people's lives, which, you know, it's like, and it, it, it's not like a big thing. Usually it's just like, you know, Friday night lights, people attend church. Uh, Cause that's what you do when you live in a small town in Texas uh, on Sundays. And uh, so for, for, for him to be behind, be behind supporting a show that is really all about this topic and how religion affects us on a daily basis is really interesting. And, you know, the sh- show creator, it's worth noting, you know, comes from a, uh, uh oh gosh it's jessica goldstein Sounds i believe right. yeah but she uh you know she she's definitely uh she's the creator she's a showrunner uh and she's definitely from the Kadem school she was she worked on i believe parenthood uh with him at, at maybe even friday night lights as well uh and so you know very much very much uh the ship is very much being run by a really great team and yeah like you said the performances are amazing so yeah the path look forward to that one guys yeah get on it and, yeah. and while you're while you're waiting maybe liz has something that you can watch now what was the best I, thing you watched last week liz uh i have two, i'm gonna mention two things one of which you can watch right now uh which is underground which is a little wg in america show that is really well done it's about uh it's basically set in the antebellum south it's about uh, a group of slaves who basically try to hit the underground railroad and i mean why hasn't this show existed before? Why? I mean, it's because it's so it's so entertaining. It's it, it's 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 at times very hard to watch because you know, you know, what wasn't fun. Ben was slavery. That was kind of a crappy time for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Not to not to undersell that point. Uh, certainly, underground does not undersell that idea. But you know, they bring they bring like a heist film structure to it. I've talked about underground, I think before, but I got to watch more episodes last week and really dig into it for a piece. And I still really, I, it's really, it's really well done. And uh, it has a like the cast is relatively relatively underseen, but a lot of great players in there, and it's it's really worth checking out. Um, uh, the other thing I'll mention is that I got. A early look at All the Way, which is the uh, film starring the, the HBO film starring uh, uh, Brian Cranston as Linda B. Johnson, and bless you. Um, and so I will just uh, I, I I'm pretty sure I'm under embargo on that one, but let's just say thumbs up. As thumbs if up there was any doubt. doubt. Yes, but like I said, thumbs up. Um, ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is, is a little bit of a cheat. It's one that I've already seen and um, know is great, and we all know it's great, but I am very much looking forward to the premiere of Archer Season 7. Yeah! Uh, it's going to hit this baby. Thursday, March 31st, and <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's as good as ever, folks. I don't know. It's one of those things where it becomes hard to write certain reviews and to talk about a show a little bit differently each new season when it's which it's so good and it it definitely changes things up but without you know spoiling anything for people who you know don't want to know what's coming um it sometimes gets a little bit hard to to re-emphasize how great something is but i mean just 
make sure you appreciate this one while it's out there because it's it's tremendous stuff. Yeah, and I think the thing that's really important to know about Archer Season 7 is that this is a show that could easily take it easy and just kind of do what it does well every t- every week. But it doesn't do that. It uh, Adam Reed, the creator, is... I, I, I We have an interview with him that'll run this week, and he's like... He just... He just gets afraid of being bored, and he so he tries new things all the time. And there's actually a lot of stuff about this new season that's a kind of a de- not necessarily a departure, but definitely uh, definitely him showing signs of not being afraid to challenge himself and his team to try new things. Uh, so it's very exciting. Yeah, he keeps it. He keeps everything pretty fresh, um, even when you think it's going to fall into familiar territory. There's there's always something going on under the surface, and there's always kind of a, a restructuring of sorts, uh, even if it's just in the way that people are, are you know, having dialogue with one another. Um, but, man, it's just it's consistently hilarious. And, and also, phrasing so is back. Yes. Phrasing is back. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm really excited about phrasing being back. Phrasing, phrasing is very gratefully back after uh, after a very specific departure in the first episode, but um, but yeah, um, Liz, please share what uh, what else are you looking forward to other than Archer? Uh, I am looking forward to uh, seeing more episodes of Stars's The Girlfriend Experience. Um, I think we're yeah. I mean, that's a, I've seen the first two episodes, and the first two episodes are really are just just you can tell they're just the beginning of what could be a really interesting complex drama uh that really is its own little show in comparison to the original Soderbergh film uh Lodge Kerrigan and Amy Simitz are these two great independent filmmakers who have come in and taken the premise of basically taken the title and uh found a lot of depth and the, you know the lead is a lead Riley Keogh is incredible and like I said I've seen I've seen two episodes and I really can't wait to see more yeah that's that's definitely very high on the list I think a lot of people are anticipating that one um should be a, a good get for stars who you know recently just announced today I think they're rebranding stuff um they're and, accessible uh, now they're <laughs> as that's if they ever weren't yep uh, well, they gave us they gave us Patrick Stewart for Blunt Talk, so you know that's something. Yeah, yeah they're winners. Yeah, and Ash versus Evil Dead is still one that's uh, that everybody needs to check out. So yeah, they're doing some interesting stuff. things over there, and and girlfriend experience is definitely high on the list of. Uh, it, I mean, it's probably one of their first real award contenders. I mean, right? I mean, well, there's uh, rumors I mean, Outlander, been, but it it never really hit. It was it felt more like a like a fantasy kind of, not necessarily a guilty pleasure, but not necessarily uh, like high art level of, of, of Emmy's attention that it would, it would need. Um, whereas I think, I mean, I don't know if the girlfriend experience is going to relate directly to Academy voters, but I feel like from what we've seen so far, it's, it's going to be, you know, that level of drama. I think Riley could uh, definitely play, especially in, in the actress category, for sure. And I feel like you're also, I mean, but let's not undersell Outlander because it did, uh, it did do pretty well for itself at the Golden Globes this year. Yes, it did. It did do well at the Golden Globes. And therein, you hear exactly how much attention that Ben pays to the Golden Globes. I pay a ton of attention to the Golden Globes. They're they're very important. Very very important. You sound really convincing when you say that. Um, I mean, but Narcos anyways, got a nomination, Liz. Oh, Narcos. you reminded. Why did you remind me of that? 
Damn it, Narcos. <laughs> if you want to read what I have to say about Narcos, you can go to IndieWire.com, where you can also find reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like to read about when it comes to our favorite thing in the world, which is television. Uh, and if you want to hear about the uh, the topic du jour of, of probably the next, well, the last week and probably this week, then make sure you listen to Screen Talk, because I'm sure they'll be getting into a little bit of Batman versus Superman action. Um, I'm sure many of you saw it this weekend since it raked in about 166 million, but, uh, but yeah, they'll also be covering a lot of the really good indies that are coming out right now. They've got some nice, nice ladies leading the, the specialty box office at the moment, Helen Mirren, Sally Field, uh, and they, they're going to dig into all that stuff as well as a, a big, uh, con lineup that's coming up as well. So, uh, make sure you yeah. listen to the talk. Con. Yes. Uh, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlet with an I and an E. Correct. We'll be back next week talking about television. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching it.